When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Having a bad week? Well, hang in there because we are back with your favorite Avatar The Last Airbender Rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Muhammad, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Jacob Redmond. Jacob, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Zach. Uh, that intro was so smooth. Uh, so smooth that you might cause people to slip, uh, break their ankles, and cause mass carnage. That's how smooth it was, Zach. <laughs> wow, you sounded like a Zulu on the podcast. Nice. You know... I got a lot of really good advice on how to interact with people in a completely normal way. I can't wait to go to my next party. I'm going to implement all of this. I'm going to laugh at people's jokes. I'm going to compliment them in the most weird ways possible. Uh, yeah, this was like a great life advice episode, Zach. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. But, you know, we're going to the beach. Uh, it would be boring to go to the beach alone. Uh, you know, we had to bring some guests on, uh, two people that have made this podcast in particular extremely special for us. So I'm very excited to have these people on. Uh, first, we're joined by Dan Sinensky, uh, Spite himself, uh, Dan Mr. Sinensky, Spite. Mr. <laughs> Spite, uh, joining us here. Dan, how are you doing today? Uh, it's great to be here. Heard we were starting at 12 noon, the sharp. Uh, and we are the perfect party guest because we are punctual and ready to get started. <laughs> I have to say, you kind of look like you're being held hostage while you're saying that. You're like, we are the perfect party guest. And I love it. Uh, yeah, well, I was well trained right. in how to interact in all social situations. <laughs> Just like Azula. Nice. But we're, oh we have a second guest today as well. We're joined by yeah. the great fish feedback writer. She's written in so many times, Sarah Noor. Yeah. Did Hello. I pronounce your last name right? Is that you right? did, like okay, actually yeah. perfect. Like, and we probably should have discussed that ahead of time, but <laughs> that's okay because you you nailed it on the first time. Um, and I'm just so excited to be here. I wish I would have come up with like a really funny one line, like Dan did. But I'll just go ahead and compliment Zach's like really sharp hoodie. I mean, it's so sharp you could punch the puncture of the hull of a Empire class Fire Nation battleship, leaving thousands to drown at sea. You know, yeah, because it's so sharp. And the mustache he's rocking. I, mean, I know. It's like a good, it's a really, look. It really is a danger to society. Uh-huh. Oh, shucks. Y'all are too flattering. <laughs> Y'all are too kind. Oh, and I just have to ask, honestly, before we get too far into the podcast, Jacob, are you in a hotel room? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Uh, okay. Yep. I, I am. I was a little worried that, like, your your aesthetic was, like, hotel chic in your bedroom. And I was like, this is not how I imagine Jacob's background to be. But now no. I just know you're like living the party life. Yeah, yeah, living the party life. Uh, no, usually I'm I'm recording in like uh, a room with like a giant TV behind me, uh, and so like sometimes there's just like a, an image on the back of the screen, like with a giant piano. I'm sure Zach's seen that many times. Uh, but now this time we have uh, some some ugly aesthetic behind me, but you know it's fine. Uh, just like uh, the Zoo Crew, you are on vacation and ready to reveal your true self. 
That is true. Although, thank goodness I'm not on vacation to the beach. Uh, we should probably talk about how you got into the Avatar in a second. But I would first like to say the beach is so overrated. I do not like beach vacations. I'm yes, not a fan yes. of them at yes. all. Yes. Perfect. Uh, yeah. I'm from Los Angeles. Grew up going to the beach. Uh, there's sand everywhere. There's people everywhere. It's so noisy. It's so smelly. There's usually not like a good bathroom. Uh, why choose a beach? I I completely concur with that. As a New Jersey resident, I'm obligated to say the beach is fine, but the shore is better. <laughs> uh, yeah, Zach, are you a beach person? Not really. I can't swim, so I don't love the beach too much. Yeah, well, it's overrated. You're not missing much. Um, anyway, uh, before we get too far into it, before we start talking about the episode, how do you all, go, all get into Avatar? Uh, like, what made you, you know, like the show? Uh like be fans of in there like yeah what what about avatar makes you uh you know so excited to be here sarah uh what's your origin story my origin story um so i'm old enough to have watched avatar as it was airing live on nickelodeon um and actually old enough to probably maybe like not be like maybe like a little too old for the show or at least when it finished i just think i was like mm. 13 or 14 when it started airing and i watched it with my sister and we watched like really religiously like we had to watch avatar and it was like right on the cusp of like dvrs becoming popular so it's like if you missed an episode you have to wait for them to like do a whole season recap and like air all 20 episodes over 24 yeah. hours or something and catch up on, a, on an episode that you missed but i remember the finale episode the like four-part finale episode aired on my sister's birthday um like 2008 and we like had a whole avatar like watch party for it and it was really exciting. And I like felt guilt about being too old for the show already. Uh, and then eventually I just accepted myself because like, who cares what other people think? Like I like watching kids cartoons and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I absolutely love that. Yeah. I, I really do like, uh, like the memories of like the finale coming out. Uh, that was just like so great. I'm so happy that like other people have that, that memory mm -hmm. uh, as well. What, what kind of bender are you? Very important question here. Yeah, it's very important. I've given it a lot of thought for many, many years. And I think that I have to uh, undoubtedly say I'm an earth bender because I'm okay. very, very, like at my core, a very stubborn person. Um, I'm much better now like going with the flow, but like definitely like my inner core is like to be stubborn. And I try to stay grounded as much as possible also. Okay, yeah. Uh, good, good Earthbender answers. Yeah, checks out. Uh, makes sense to me. Uh, Dan, what's your origin story with uh, Atla Universe? So my origin story with Avatar is probably as on brand as possible. I was at a friend's house and we were playing board games uh, <laughs> and we had like the TV on in the background. And I was still like watching Nickelodeon at this time. Uh, and then Avatar came on. I remember being excited about it, but not really knowing what was going to happen. Uh, and then I was immediately hooked and tried to watch every episode as it aired. Just because, as we all know, in those days, if you missed it, you missed it. That's it. Um, and that was it. I was hooked. Uh, and I read as much like the comics and all the write-ups, everything on Tumblr as I could. I uh, just had to know everything. Nice. nice. Uh, and then all important question, uh, what kind of bender? I guess if it's possible, I don't know if we're at this uh, place in the avatar world yet. Uh, but I think I'm like a, a non angry firebender. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. Someone sure. who's just tapped into the drive, but not all the aggression. 
just want to go, 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 full frontal attack. Like Iroh. I feel like we're, we're there. We have Iroh the whole way through. Yeah. Or like yeah. Jacob's favorite character, Che. Che. Oh, yeah. 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 There, there's lots of, uh, you know, normal firebenders. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I think I'm probably like closer to the aggressive firebender, but that's fine. You know, <laughs> together, Dan, uh, we have the full range of what it means to be a firebender. Um, and, yeah, I actually think that that's like this shows in the episode quite well, uh, like the range being a firebender. Like you have like obviously, um, you know, May and, and uh, Tylee are not vendors themselves, but like May's like apathy here, like seems very firebender energy. Then you get Azula, who's just like full aggression. You've got Zuko who's brooding. Like this is a great episode for fleshing out what it means to be a firebender. So I'm excited to get into it. Um, yeah, Zach, what are your thoughts on the overall episode? Like this is an episode that is like, pretty iconic uh you know the slice of life episode is very abnormal for avatar uh what were your thoughts watching it back yeah i really enjoyed this episode i love the slice of life nature of it and like it's so different like you're saying compared to some of the other episodes we've seen and like especially the scene at the end where everyone's like pouring their hearts out that was such a powerful scene and overall i just like i really like this episode it's one of those episodes you never forget on a rewatch it's like you just remember it so vividly so i really enjoy it yeah, it, it's pretty interesting. So I was like reading about this episode and the beach was starting out as the B plot. Like this was going to be like, you know, the background to like some other story about Aang. And they were like, no, like, let's give this an entire episode. And I think I'm really glad they did because like getting this felt so different. Uh, it didn't feel like, you know, your normal Avatar episode, uh, but still like really enjoyable. So I'm excited to get into it here. Um, yeah, so maybe we can start out, uh, recapping it here. We start, they're on a boat, uh, they being, uh, Azula, Tylee, May, and Zuko. Uh, they're out on the waters, uh, you know, doing their own thing. They're excited to go to Ember Island, uh, which we've heard about before, but excited to see it here. Uh, and they're gonna, you know, go on the beach with nothing to do, uh, just soak up the sun. Uh, and Zuko perfectly encapsulates why I don't like the beach. It's just like doing nothing is a waste of time. Uh, I completely agree. Uh, yeah, I, I really appreciated that. Uh, Azula then says that, like, you know, we need to get, uh, we needed to go alone or we needed to go away so that, uh, like, their dad could meet with the advisors alone, uh, which kind of makes me question, like, is their house not big enough for them to, like, go to a separate wing? Like, why do they have to go on an entire vacation in order to get away? Like, Sarah, is the house? I think I think you're forgetting the origin of Zuko getting his scar was bursting in and like pushing in in on on a, a former advisor meeting. Uh, so yeah, I I fully support uh, the Fire Lord sending Zuko away, being like, yeah, my my son has no chill. He's got to go to the beach. Uh, yeah, that, that's actually a very good answer. It's like, yeah, we can't risk it, even though we have like a literal palace. Um, I have a question, though. I'm surprised he doesn't... Why doesn't he keep Azula, though? Isn't Azula, like, a big part of his plan? She's, like, sent I, to capture the Avatar. She just captured Bossing. Say, isn't that, like, a very prestigious thing to be doing? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, so I, I think a fundamental thing about Zuko is he's very awkward, and other than, like, <laughs> his sister, like, he doesn't have any friends. His friends <laughs> are his uncle, his sister... Who hates him and he hates and his sister's <laughs> friends so like he can't just like go to the beach by himself and try to like mingle that's not his area he needs like people to keep him company that's yeah. a very good point dad that's an astute observation i like how you didn't even count his girlfriend as a friend <laughs> 
I mean, he met his girlfriend through his sister, and she had to push them together to begin with. Like, and it's not even like uh, Zuko and May are getting along in this episode. No, we're true. getting into it. They have no chemistry at all. <laughs> and it's it's very toxic. Like, their relationship, I was like, yikes, I am not about that at all. Uh, but no, you're right. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the Truman Show. Like, you have to, you can't just send Zuko alone because then he might do things you don't want. So you have to, like, shape his world and, like, send Azula with him. And Azula will, like, babysit him for him. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of sad if your best friend is your uncle, your sister who hates you, and your sister's <laughs> friends. Like, whew. That's rough out here. Um, anyway, so they're, they talk about going to Ember Island. Uh, they're saying like they used to have a house there. They used to go there every summer. Uh, you know, real bougie stuff. I guess it makes sense. They're literally royalty. Uh, but then they get there. They get to the house. And I was shocked because what we see is not a house fit for royalty. What we see is like a guest house, guest house. Uh, it was very, very small. Uh, I thought this house was like, yeah. I don't know. Not fit for Zuko in Azula. Uh, yeah, Zach, were you impressed by this house that, that you saw here? No, it looked like a little shack on the beach. It looked like <laughs> shit, part of my language. I don't know what else, how, how else to describe it. Sorry, I should have cussed. My bad. But yeah, it didn't look great, to be honest. Look looked kind of like run down. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, this is the place where you keep, like, the paddles for the canoe. It's not, like, the place where you keep, like, the literal prince and princess of the Fire Nation. I was, like, pretty surprised they didn't have a better house i mean like i shouldn't speak i don't have a lake house at all so i would take this lake house over any other lake house but uh you know uh, i don't know um we see that lo and lee are there uh they're very happy great great hosts uh welcoming welcoming them to uh ember island but sadly it smells like old lady in the house uh which i guess makes sense I don't really know what old lady smells like. Uh, is anyone on the call gonna gonna let me know what old lady smells like? Kind of just smells like I, I used to volunteer at old folks' home, so it kind of smells like musty and also like very heavily floral perfume, as if that would cover like a, a musty kind of decay smell. Okay, uh, I I now know what old lady smells like when you. I'm said sure the floral you. I'm perfume. sure that you've said it. I'm sure you smelled it. I mean. It's pretty yeah. distinct. No, when distinct you said the perfume. floral perfume, it like it sent me back to some memory I had where I was like, oh, yeah, that's old lady smell. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, makes sense. Um, yeah. And then May is like, I wonder why. Uh, just like so dry. May's energy here is exactly me at the beach. Uh, I absolutely love that. May has a lot of good one-liners this episode. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, she really does. Uh, so then Ty Lee uh, sees a picture on the wall and she's like, oh, who are these two beautiful women? Um, and, you know, uh, it's a little offensive that she couldn't tell because obviously it's Lo and Lee, uh, like, you know, stunning women themselves. Uh, they even do the pose. They speak at the same time. Like, this is clearly rehearsed, right? Like, they rehearse all their lines beforehand. I think so. And they have a little thing where they like later on in the episode, they like clap, clap, snap, snap. And they're like to the beach. So like they have another rehearsed little thing they do <laughs> later on. Yeah. We really should have practiced something actually all together. Like, a- <laughs> dang. Yeah. That's too bad. Uh, I guess it's not too late. We could like, while we're podcasting, we could like chat on the side so we can all <laughs> in unison say something. Although obviously like over the like recording, it wouldn't even sound in sync. So. Couldn't even get it right. 
Um, well, we were yeah. talking about how bad the cottage is, right? That's Lo and Lee's cottage. They probably don't get that many guests. So when yeah. they're not helping train Azula, they're just practicing their moves and their chants and speaking in unison so they can impress their guests when they do arrive. That's true. Yeah, but- I, I think ironically, by doing that, they get less guests because I would <laughs> hate if I went to someone's house. Like, imagine if like I went, if you go to someone's house, you walk in and the first thing they do is in unison, like do a little song and dance routine. Like, I, I'm not here to see your dress rehearsal. Like, I'm just here to you know enjoy my time. So I think that might be why they aren't getting so many guests. Uh, I was kind of enjoying the vibe. I don't know. Like, oh. I'm, I'm since I, I really don't like the beach, but I, I like a beach house. Um, I think the view where they had dinner later was really nice. Uh, I like the she- seashell bedspread. It's a tongue twister. Um, I think if you <laughs> if you walked in, um, like Airbnb the cottage, you'd be like, oh, it's a cute little cottage. I agree that like probably for Azula and Zuko, like it's a little beneath them. Uh, but maybe like the whole vibe helped them really break out of their shells and be like, oh, what would it be like to just be in? An everyday Fire Nation kid not living in a palace. Let's let's test it out for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I like I kind of I get why that's like appealing, uh, especially to Azula, who's like usually so domineering that like she's only treated as Azula because if you didn't, she would like break you in half. Uh but yeah, like I ultimately like if these people are opening up an Airbnb, like they're some of the weirdest hosts you could possibly have. Like <laughs> I, you know, I, one of my friends uh, was driving from Chicago, like back to the Northeast. And when she got to the place, she like had an Airbnb host who was like talking about the ducks saying like, oh, we have to feed the ducks in the morning. You have to wake up early and feed the ducks with me. And like, that really feels like the same energy as low and Lee. like the whole like, like you're coming here. Like I have this whole thing planned for you, even though you are not like a part of it. But hey, uh, I think we, we figured out why Ozai sent them away. Because Lo and Lee were just begging Ozai, Ozai, we need guests. Like, no one wants to hang out with us. Please send us some company. It's like, okay, fine. You can have my, like, one son I don't like and the other people who he needs to be his buffers. You think Lo and Lee have a direct line to Ozai? They got the speed, they got him on speed dial or whatever? Like, Yeah, I, I was about to ask, what did Lo and Lee do to get on Ozai's good side where Ozai owes them favors? Like, what? make the canon for me, Dan. They, like, they're Azula's advisors. They train her. They were teaching her, like, when she was first introduced, like, uh, her firebending. So, like, she's his favorite, and anything they do to make her better, he's got to appreciate a little bit. Now, yeah, think about these ladies. They're Azula's firebending masters. We know Azula is a firebending prodigy. Like, how wicked good are these women at firebending? We never get to see it, but they must be just fantastic. I, th- I think, uh, like, I'm not actually sure we know if they even firebend. My guess is they might be, like, you know, good coach, but not, like, actual player. Like, Zach, I'm, like, this happens in basketball sometimes, right? Where, like, a good coach, like, has like didn't play. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a lot of time. There's a common adage in basketball where the best players make for the worst coaches. A lot of the really good coaches are people who, like, haven't played professionally at a high level, so... I could not see lonely firebending. Uh, and if they do, it would only be like synchronized firebending. They've been <laughs> the gold medal at the Olympics. Uh, I think that's probably the only uh, event that they'd have a chance if they were. But um, yeah. Anyway, I did, uh, like you mentioned this earlier, Sarah, about how the, the seashell bedspread, which is quite a tongue twister, uh, and May just says, like, it looks like the beach threw up all over it. And that is my indictment of every beach house is like, 
they take the aesthetic to the extreme. They make it so ugly. Like May was just firing on all cylinders today. Mountain cabins also. I just stayed at Big Bear. And, like everything was wood and antlers. And it's like, is there a rule here that it has to be like this right. tacky? Right. Like, like I was living for it. But like they literally had like a wine rack that was made of antlers. And I was like, where do yeah. you even buy this stuff? I, yeah. Like, why can't we just have like a mid-century modern beach house? Like, that's my aesthetic. That's what I want to go to. Like, I don't need the whole beach vibe. Just give me like just give me some like chic design. That's all I need. So what's better, a beach house that's themed like the beach or a hotel room that's themed like nothing with a no aesthetic? I think I would take the no aesthetic because, okay, so when you go to a beach house, it has those annoying signs that are like, let the waves like crash away your emotions and like uh, the sun can soak up your sadness. And it's like, no, like just give me nothing. I would prefer that. Like I don't need this whole like force down your throat type energy. I'm not there for it at all. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So then, uh, they're going, uh, Lee and Lo are talking about the beach. They're saying like, oh, you know, this is a magical place. Like open your mind. Uh, and this is when they do their like a uh, little dance. They say time to hit the beach. Uh, and when they show their bathing suits, um, Zach, you want to take this one? <laughs> <laughs> I, for some reason, I don't know. I, I had like a wa- weird feeling Jacob would throw this to me. So yeah, they have some <laughs> rather revealing outfits. So I have it in my, I took comprehensive notes for them. So, so yeah, they, they have some, yeah, rather revealing outfits is all I'll say. I don't need to do okay. more descriptive. My, my, right? my notes, my notes are more descriptive than that. And I was going to say it, but now that I'm here on the part of the podcast, I, I think I might just go ahead and skip it. Uh, yeah, I'll leave know, it at, oh, continue. I'll leave it at May feels like she has to cover Zuko's eyes uh, because it's that tempting. That's, that's what I'll say. Anyone else want to add to that or are we moving right along? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we see a lot of Zuko being like a controlling boyfriend later on in the episode, but here May is being super possessive. Zuko, you can't look at these other women. Uh, <laughs> I need to like prevent you from being tempted. I, I mean, maybe she was trying to protect him because the sight was so shocking. Uh, I want to guess like what Jacob wrote in his notes. Like now it's like a mystery. Like what did you put? Like oh, I threw up a little in my mouth. Like what's on there? It was it was just very descriptive of of what we saw. I, this, oh man, this is a, this is a not. I I, I, th- I I don't think we need to get this into this podcast. It. Isn't rated hot. Isn't rated for that. We can't. Exactly. Sorry, yeah, this, sorry is, this, this is a PG only. Exactly. Yeah, but I think I'm Team Sarah. I think uh, May was protecting Zuko from the site. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Huh? Um, yeah. She was able to muster a little care. This was the one thing that broke her out of her blah. <laughs> like, nope, I need to protect my man uh, from this site. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, anyway, so they, uh, yeah, they they do this this whole thing. Uh, then Toph, uh, or then we go to like Team Avatar. Uh, Toph is the one who is like being the responsible one, which I thought was impressive. So we see Aang, uh, he, you know, he's swimming along, uh, doing his thing. Uh, and Toph's like, Hey, like, you know, I like that you're swimming and all, but like, shouldn't you cover yourself up? Which I kind of wanted to tell Lo and Lee. Uh, but, <laughs> but then, uh, like, she's the one who's being responsible. I'm really surprised it wasn't Sokka who's like, Hey, like, your arrows are showing a bit. Like, can we please, uh, cover up a little bit? But yeah, I don't know. Uh, Toph is the one here who says like, you know, people might see your tattoos. Uh, that's not great. 
Katara is the one who's saying like, no, it's actually safe. There's walls around us. And again, I was really surprised. Like this did not seem to fit their characters. I thought it would have been like maybe opposite. Uh, Toph being the one who's like, you know, who cares? Uh, no one can see, especially her. Uh, and so I thought that that's maybe what we were going to get. But yeah, I don't know. Was this surprising to anyone else that Toph was the one who cared? Yeah, it was a little I surprising. Think, I think they just had to do it so uh, they could play like Aang saying, no, I'm wearing trunks. So they could be like, oh, Toph is blind. So she doesn't know that Aang is wearing clothes. So we can make another little blind reference real quick. Uh, interesting. I didn't even think about like the role reversal. Like, where, yeah, you would think that Katara would be more nervous. That's like her nature. But also mm-hmm. like, how have we gotten this far to season three that only they care in the Fire Nation? that they need to cover the tattoos. Like, it's just been this running thing throughout every episode. Aang is just, like, out there as the Avatar, and there's obviously Fire Nation spies everywhere, and they get captured all the time. It's like, this is why you don't have children leaving, because obviously, like, cover up your tattoos, dude. Yeah, yeah, that that is fair. Uh, it doesn't make a ton of sense. It's gonna come to bite them in the ass in, like, a few minutes. Uh, like, <laughs> Toph was correct. He should have been covering up a little bit. Um, like, but immediately immediately after Katara says there are walls around them, they don't need to worry, and shoots right through the water slide outside the walls. Uh, so yeah, those walls only help you if you're on the inside of them. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, because he immediately is like, oh, water slide, great. He goes down a water slide. Now, uh, water slide, that's a vacation I can get behind. Um, but anyway, he goes down the water slide. He has a ton of fun. And we immediately see these like, Two Fire Nation soldiers who are just like, you know, bored out of the mind. They're clearly being paid minimum wage. Like they're very <laughs> like they're very much like uh, you know, sixteen year olds, uh, like getting their first job type energy. Um, and they're like, you know, complaining about how boring things are. Then Aang like rolls down, they see him like start to airbend his way back up, and they're like, Oh, that's the avatar. Like, that's wild. Uh they they need to send a message. But yeah, you're right, Dan. Like you know, the walls don't protect you when you go outside of them, especially when you're airbending your way up afterwards. Uh, pretty pretty bad bad look from Aang here. Uh, I mean, yeah, we heard no. Aang... Sorry. No, keep talking over you guys. We heard Aang and Ba Sing say he's really against walls. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like his least favorite thing. He hates them, like, more than he hates anything else in the world. Walls. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess he saw he saw he was in a wall. He's like, let me get out of here. Uh, Zach, what yeah. were you going to say? Oh, I forget. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> My bad, Zach. No, it's all good. I feel like it's so risky for Aang to go down this water slide. He has no idea where where it goes, what death waits at the end. Like, yeah, yeah he's Avatar, so theoretically he could fight through anything, but it just seems like no one's concerned, just disappeared literally in the heart of the fire nation. Like it could have ended in a fire nation prison for all he knew. Yeah, exactly. Like he could have gone right to boiling rock. He could have landed like in the prison and been like, Oh, perfect. You're right where we wanted you. (laughs) Uh, But instead we see these like, uh, you know, teen fire nation soldiers. Uh, They're very excited. They're like, you know, I like how they went from like totally deadpan uh, to one of them being like, oh, this is so exciting as he's like enthusiastically like wrapping up the bird. He's like sending the message like this has to be a highlight of their life. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited for them. Uh, well, I guess except the fact that the message doesn't get there. So no one will know and probably <laughs> no one will believe him. But, but that's okay because they, they got the enjoyment at that time. It doesn't really matter like what the after like they're already excited. 
wow, you're so enlightened. You're talking about like they're intrinsically happy. So it doesn't matter. Like you're blowing my mind here. I, I absolutely love it. Um, yep. My first thought was, okay, so the message gets destroyed later uh, and they're going to go back to base and like the old experience guards, they're going to tell the old experience guards, we saw the avatar. You're never going to believe it. It's so cool. And they're like, yeah, sure, kid. Of course you saw the avatar. Uh, yeah. Great story. Yeah, exactly. They're going to be like, okay, why are you like on the Brambleberry again on the watch? Like, you, you gotta, you gotta stay focused on the job. Uh, you know, you've been riding the green line too much. You gotta, you gotta pay attention now. Uh, uh, I forgot all about the Brambleberry Kush. That's a throwback reference. Oh, that's a classic. Uh, uh, I'm, Zach, that was, that was a joke uh, for you. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. That yeah. cracked me up. I was trying to like not laugh directly into my microphone, but that was too funny. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, so so we'll end up seeing this bird again. Uh, this Fire Nation bird looks pretty cool. Uh, you know, I've always wanted to have a messenger hawk myself. Uh, like, obviously, it's not very efficient, but it's a it's a cool form of communication. Did they introduce Sokka's messenger hawk just to have the payoff of this messenger hawk? They haven't introduced oh, Sokka's messenger they, hawk. They haven't introduced Sokka. No, they introduced it in season three, episode seven. Whoa! Yeah, Zach run away. The receipts. Zach's like, oh, it's actually in season three, episode seven. It's Zach, the, watch ahead. Yeah, it's it's the it's the episode with uh, Toph and her scams and stuff. Mm, yeah, uh, that's definitely a fun one. Um, yeah, that that is right. Um, yeah, that, they probably do show the hawk here to set it up in a few episodes, though. Yeah, true. Um, anyway, so we go black, back. What do you think a black ribbon? Before we move off, this would have been my feedback question. What 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 is a black ribbon message for? Like, what are the levels of ribbons? What other colors are there? They clearly don't have something specific for we found the avatar. <laughs> no, no, they they don't have one specifically for that one. I think it's like uh, it's like karate belt. So like white belt is like ignore completely. And then like white, white, white belt, yellow stripe is like, I don't know if you have time, you can read it. Uh, yellow, yellow belt is like, eh, maybe. And then like it progressively goes up black uh a black ribbon is like you like immediately like you take the bird you read the message like very important um you you have someone perform it in song and dance in unison to get the message across <laughs> um that's the black ribbon so <laughs> there you go <laughs> um yep um, we, we go back to ember island uh and we see them going on the beach uh, you know, Azula's ready for the beach. Uh, Ty Lee's ready. Uh, Zuko's ready. They're all carrying their stuff. I like seeing them, you know, coming prepared. They've got the blanket, the bag, the umbrella. Uh, I didn't see any drinks that they had, no cold liquid. So they probably might get dehydrated, but, uh, Azula has no etiquette. She immediately, uh, walks up to kids, um, building a sandcastle, steps on it. And then, like, goes out of her way to kick it again. So, like, I get that she's, like, inconsiderate. But this is, like, actively cruel. Uh, inconsiderate is acceptable. But cruel is, like, too far. Um, it, it's pretty hilarious because we have, like, when the scene starts, we have like, this upbeat beach music. It almost sounds like music you'd hear in a video game. Like, da, 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 da. it sound, just sounds, like, nice and upbeat. Until Azula stomps on the kid's castle. Then we get, like, the Azula sound effect. Like, duh. <laughs> it's too funny. Yeah, I like, I, like, I like this opening scene. I think with the sandcastle, Azula is used to like living in the finest luxury. And here she is at Ember Island having to stay in this little shack. Like the littlest hint of anything like fancy that's not hers. She's upset. And if she can't have it, no one can. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, I love Azula. Azula 
Azul's entire being in this episode, but especially at the beach, like everything that she does in, in these beach scenes cracks me up. Like just every moment that she's on the screen is a good one. Yeah. And I really think that like the people in this episode, like the music department, the animation department had a lot of fun because like the music yeah. cues here are really funny. Uh, like they go from like peaceful to like uh, kind of like, uh, I guess, antagonistic when they're playing volleyball in a bit, like we get the full like battle soundtrack. We get funny faces all throughout. Like they really had a lot of fun with this episode and I'm glad they like fleshed it out and they went a little sillier with it. Um, yeah. This is like the first example of something where they just like, like they sent it. They're like, all right, we're going to do this. Uh, we're going to like, we're going to have Azula, like flip your expectations a bit. Um, then we see these, uh, these boys, uh, these boys are, um, I don't know what the right word is. Obsessed, obsessed, maybe, uh, with Tylee. Uh, they want to help her unpack her things. Uh, so he hands a bag. Um, he hands a bag or she hands a bag to him. And then the weight is so strong in the bag that he like falls over. Uh, is Ty Lee like a secret bodybuilder? I don't know. She's that excellent. She's just stronger than she looks. Definitely. What were you going to say, Dan? She has that core strength uh, from all the training (laughs) in the circus. It's all about the core uh, uh, supporting all that weight. Yeah, she's a gymnast. She could do anything. That's yeah, true. Th- yeah, you guys I, are spitting facts. She's super athletic. I mean, we've seen her do like crazy flips in midair and stuff. So yeah, her carrying this bag is is not too impressive in comparison. That's fair. Uh, I also like that you, oh sorry. What oh, you, I, yeah. I, I was just gonna say, like you all are uh, you're you're adding words in the chat. Uh, I said I didn't know the word for it, and you guys are, are helping me out with uh, infatuated and thirsty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's right. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't break out the H word, but uh, that one would apply as well. <laughs> yeah. That's what were you saying, Dan? I mean, these uh, Tylee's, uh, her little fanboy followers, uh, the first guy, like, his, like, he tries to hold a bag, but, like, that's not what he's suited for. Later, she gets, like, the muscly guy. Uh, he would have been better off holding the bag. Uh, yeah. But, like, he's, they're not playing to their strengths yet. That's a very good point because the muscly guy should be the one providing the shade because he has more mass. So yeah, that's true, Dan. Good, good stuff. Yeah, you're right. They're not working together. If this was Azula, Azula would have said like, "No, this is not your best use. Your best use is doing this." And like, she would have like whipped them all in line, like gotten them to do their exact best thing. Tylee's too casual with it. Um, but you know, she does get a lot of use out of this. Uh, one of the boys, she gets to, you know, block the sun, uh, and block up the shade. Uh, and I, you know, she, she does, she gets a lot out of this. Um, then we see Zuko and May. Zuko, uh, is here, you know, sitting on the beach, uh, under the umbrella and he sees a shell, uh, that he picks up. This is a very impressive shell. Uh, you know, I would say a top 10 uh, animated shell. Maybe that's too strong, but like, it's a very, it's a very good shell. Uh, he gives it to May and May is like, why do I want that? Uh, and just like absolutely drags him for doing this. Zuko's like, Oh, don't girls like stuff like this. And May says, maybe stupid girls, which is like, okay. All right. Uh, pop off. Uh, I thought this was like totally uncalled for. No way. She's right. <laughs> you don't First of all, shell? shells are dumb. That's the correct take. Who needs this gross shell from the beach? Second of all, Zuko doesn't know her well enough. Like he knows, 
he should know his girlfriend isn't into this thing. Like when you're buying a present for your girl, you have to think about what she wants. And he's saying, don't girls like things like this? And she's saying, no. And then he's mad about it. Okay, well, what would you get May as a present then? Because I kind of think you're out of luck if you're buying a present for May. I feel like for May, she kind of needs like a nice book that she could read by the beach. Mm, Okay, yeah. Although, like, probably any book, she's going to be like, that book's boring. And then, like, not want to read it. Like, I really think that you're kind of just at a loss. Maybe her love language isn't isn't gifts. Doesn't doesn't seem to work here. Yeah. What what do you think uh, May's love language would be? Not physical touch, not a chance in the world. I have no idea. She doesn't seem to like anything. To Word, maybe words of affirmation? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah. It it might be. I think with May, like everything we see her saying uh, in the beginning of the episode is just like putting other people down. I don't know if it's words of affirmation for <laughs> her, but it's more like uh, just like making fun of other people with her. And like, oh, I hate everything but you too. Like, that's her love language. Uh, that, hate that's also, towards everything that, else. That's my love language as well. Uh, like, <laughs> I, I love a good, like, roasting session. I think it's like, so for me, it's like quality time and then, like, words of disaffirmation towards other people. I think that's, like, my one and two. Yeah. May is not a firebender. She's a roast bender. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Roast bending. Um, yeah. How do you think May would do at a roast? Um, I think she would do well, although like at roast, like you're supposed to like play it up a little bit. You're supposed mm-hmm. to like, you know, make it dry. Like, yeah. Like I think like she's like very dry. I do think that she would kill with some one liners. I think like she would be like a good like comedian that goes in. She like rattles off a bunch of funny one liners. So I think, I think that might be where she shines. Yeah. I think she would um, be like a Jeff Ross roast master type. I think she'd, she'd yeah. that's in her bag. Yeah, I mean, and I think that she would be probably the best at roasting out of the rest of them. Like, Azula would really, like, push your buttons in a way that, like, makes you upset. But she doesn't have the, like, soft touch required to roast someone. It would just be, like, too brutal. And they would just, like, be like, okay, uncalled for. Um, That's that's my... And Zuko, we obviously know, isn't a funny person, just in general. (laughs) Yeah. No. He's he's not a humor humor guy now. Yeah, it's like Zuko rarely brings. Even the, I realize they lean on Azula for the comedic relief more yeah. than they do Zuko, which is weird, especially even in this episode. Yeah, Show, shows how how multifaceted she is. She's bringing the the humor and the destruction. True, <laughs> that's true. I feel like to have like a good roast, it's about like pinpointing all of uh, the roastees' imperfections, and that's Azula's strength. But she doesn't have like the social graces to deliver it. I think we need mm-hmm. Azula to write the joke and Ty Lee mm-hmm. to say it. Okay. I, I agree. Because Ty Lee would say it in an affable way. You would think the whole time she's like complimenting you, and then there's like that twist at the end. Yeah. All right. I agree. So we'll have uh, Azula ghostwrite. Um, <laughs> ghostwrite for Ty Lee. Uh, that, that works for me. Uh, that can be the second act after we see Lonely synchronized firebending. Oh. We're putting. We're putting together an entire uh, Ember Island show uh, before the play that they do. 
<laughs> um, yeah, so we'll move on here. Zuko or tosses the shell to some meathead who sees who sees Ty Lee instantly has like the goo goo eyes, then gives it to her, and then Ty Lee, of course, is like, "Wow, so pretty," which is pretty funny because May was just like, "Only stupid girls would like this." Yep, uh, and then like uh, this guy, he tries to be smooth here. He's like, "Not as pretty as you are." I was like, all right, dude. Like, that's your line. <laughs> that's what you're going with. Like, come on now. Stuff These are 16 year olds. They don't know I, better. I mean, look, I'm not saying I have game, but I at least wouldn't say a line that bad. Uh, I would Jacob not. Is I would saying, not. Jacob is saying he has game for, the, for everyone listening. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like nodding, like, yes, I do. As I'm saying in the private chat, I'm like, just spamming, like, I have game. I have game. <laughs> What? <laughs> Sometimes I say things. I'm like, what am I doing here? Um, anyway, so she causes a bit of a rift between these two teens. Uh, one of them's like, the shell's not so great. He gets out of the way a little bit. And Ty Lee is like, nope, uh, I need my shade. Go back. Uh, I really I appreciated that. Um, yeah, I, she really has like a whole crew uh, by the end of this episode that's obsessed with her. Um. Zuko then comes back offering another gift, uh, this time an ice cream cone. And uh, I don't really understand how this happens, but as he gives it to her, it falls on May's lap. Uh, then, like, Zuko doesn't even really go to, like, clean it up. He just kind of, like, lets it sit there. She also doesn't really go to clean it up. Uh, is May just okay having ice cream on her lap? Like, that is shot in the head. I do not understand that whatsoever. I think she's just, like, so depressed that, like, Zuko just dropped ice cream all over her that she's just, like, done with, like, life pretty much. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, yeah. Maybe okay. just can't be bothered. Maybe like, that's... for good or for bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, she she's very stoic. Uh, her, her response here is pretty funny, where she's like, oh, that is really refreshing. And I was like, oh, my God. But she doesn't even, like, yeah, she doesn't flinch at all. Like, if you poured ice cream on me, like... I'm I'm getting out of the way, or trying to at least. Yeah, I was never a Zuko Katara shipper, but after seeing the chemistry that May and Zuko have this episode, like maybe that is the correct ship. Who the hell knows? Wow, you're saying that this the is Zuko, yeah, Zuko and May so bad that Zuko and Katara is the only option. I'm just saying it might make more sense. Like that. Okay. For- to be clear, Zuko should be with that with that Earth 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 girl. Oh, Let's true. Yeah. Was her name Jin? I forget. Her Jin, name. Yeah. Jin, yeah. But I mean, we're only halfway through the episode. Like, things are going to, like, turn up a little bit more in Zuko and May's favor. I, I don't know if I like this whole domino effect of, like, we're splitting up May and Zuko. <laughs> and now Zuko has to be with Katara. And then where does Aang go? Like, like no, this has, like, a huge ripple effect throughout the whole series. No, exactly, exactly. Maybe I was a little too forthcoming with what I was saying. I don't know if I would split them up, but I'm just saying Zuko and May's chemistry this episode, not great. Not great. Yeah, Dan, you're about to say they're about to get better. Like, yeah, they have, like, a little up at the end, but we're about, like, we're going down fast. Like, we're on the free fall of their relationship. They're not about to get better yet. Like, they're about to have a whole fight in public. Uh, like, it's about to get a lot worse for them, but I agree. Like, you know, Zuko, uh, you know, option option uh, off the board. Like, none of the above, I think. Uh, I have to case. ask, what was your reaction when Zuko uh, threw off his robe and you got, like, that that great music cue, the, the classic Avatar Fire Nation theme? 
And then all those mm-hmm. girls, like my reaction. Eyes. My reaction was like, damn, if I took off my shirt at the beach, I'd get the complete opposite reaction. That's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah. people would be groaning. You'd hear people like booing. That's what would happen if I took off my shirt at the beach. People boo? They go yeah. out of their way to boo? Yeah, this. I think so. I think the reaction would be so negative. I don't have got the Zuko like eight pack or whatever the hell. I don't think anyone's booing you. Unless you have like a, a really <laughs> negative tattoo or something. It would be hilarious if you went to a beach and people like, boo put your shirt back on. Oh, yeah, I'm not yoked like Dan. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Dan, uh, you know, do you get the same sort of fan service when you go to the beach? Do people just like, uh, you know, stand in the shade for you? Uh, do they like, you know, find you pretty shells? Do birds fly everywhere when you take off your shirt? <laughs> uh, I do get that little like sound cue, that like dramatic music that Zuko got, but it's only in my head. Like no one else is hearing it. It's just like, yeah, I look like Zuko right now. And this is awesome. No one else thinks that, but that's what I'm thinking. I mean, hey, look, we're talking about intrinsic motivation here on the podcast. That's the name of the game. So, uh, you know, we like it. That's all you need. Uh, but yeah, yes. a lot of a lot of fan service in this episode where like Zuko mm-hmm. like takes his shirt off or like, you know, Ty Lee does something and everyone's like just completely enamored I, with that. I read on the on the Avatar wiki that the original design for the bathing suits were too sexy for Nickelodeon. They have to cover them and, up more. I'm sorry. They were going to be more than this. <laughs> yeah. Because when I saw these, I was kind of like, oh, they went like fully. They just like were like. I leave like, uh, yeah, hers are. They're out there, but apparently it was even sexier. Uh, the, the animators were having a field day, right? They're like, okay, we're putting all the Fire Nation teens in their bathing suits for their A plot. And then for the B plot, what if we had Aang and friends also in their bathing suits? Let's just like, we need to sell more toys. We need to sell more merch. Like we need a, like a, a bathing suit action figure for all of these characters. Um, yeah, I, you know, I really like Avatar. I'm going to go ahead and say if they had the Funko of like uh, of like someone in bathing suit, I think I might skip that one. Uh, I you wouldn't buy the Tylee bathing suit Funko Pop? I would I'm buy the Tylee sure. bathing suit Funko Pop. I'm not sure I, I could. I think like what that says about me, uh, you know, might, <laughs> yeah. might, be, might be not what no. I'm going for. <laughs> yeah, I think they were targeting a very distinct subset of the audience with like deciding, all right, everyone half naked all the teens all the old ladies everybody no clothes uh that's the theme of this episode yeah uh i i agree with that um but we're about to get some like real strategy here uh so azula's like great we're gonna play uh some volleyball uh and azula like immediately breaks down uh everything you know we're getting a lot of like you know people scantily clad but this is what i'm here for is azula as the coach uh, you know, she sees that this girl in, quote, silly pigtails uh, has a slight hesitation on her left foot. Uh, she even, like, chalks it up to a childhood injury that weakened yeah. her. Like, this scouting report is incredible. Like, I don't know where she gets these scouting reports, but, like, she should work for a professional basketball team. Like, this is, <laughs> this is something else. Yeah, Azula's, like, ultra-competitive nature is showing out here. She's able to analyze the other team and point out their weaknesses instantly. Like, damn, jeez, mm-hmm. what a great coach. Holy. Yeah. But she uh, doesn't even take her own plan. Like, she says, all right, serve it to her left. And then she serves it straight down the middle, which means it's to the pigtail girl's right. Like, Azula has the plan, but she doesn't have the follow-through here. 
<laughs> I think okay. that that's actually very indicative of like the rest of the show. Like Azula has the plan, but she does have the follow through. Yeah. Um, also, she she's hitting this volleyball like a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. So I don't actually think it matters where you know. Like she's flying up like twenty feet in the sky and then like rocketing it down at like an immense speed. Like literally, you could hit it at someone and they could do nothing. Uh, so yeah, you are right. You know, she doesn't take full advantage of the scouting report, but it doesn't really matter. And I love this volleyball scene because as soon as we start getting the volleyball we have like the whole look of like a full battle. We get like the music cues, we get the sound cues, we get like the fast cuts. This really did feel like one of the like early battles, uh, but obviously like through volleyball. The one thing that made me upset, I don't really know volleyball rules that well, but I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to touch the net. And at one point, Ty Lee like leaps, <laughs> picks the ball and lands on the net. Like that's a point for the other team. Like you're not allowed to do that. I honestly wonder if it is volleyball because they use their feet. It seemed like they were using their feet, right? More than their hands. And the circ- it was a circle rather than a square court. And I was just very confused. I feel like they I've use- seen this sport before. They only it's use not, their feet. It's not called volleyball. It's called something else. I've seen it played in like Thailand, I want to say, or something where it's like volleyball with your feet. It's actually super cool because you have to be hella athletic to play with your feet in volleyball. In real Wait, life. yeah, I think you're, I think I went to this game in Israel. Hold on. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a different sport, I think. But I know what you mean. It's not. I took this volleyball. I took this as an example of like another time when there's like a game from our world that's slightly different in their world. I guess that's because I never heard of this like other foot volleyball game that you guys have mm-hmm. seen. But it's like how they have like the elemental rock paper scissors. I thought mm-hmm. this was like special Fire Nation rules volleyball. Uh, it's just like slightly to the left of ours. Okay, let's see in here. Sepak Takra, also known as kick volleyball, is a team sport played with a synthetic plastic ball between two teams on a badminton court. Would you look at that? Okay, but importantly, one of the rules is that you're not allowed to touch the net. Oh, there you go. So Tylee cheated. So, again, Tylee cheated. Uh, you know, stay woke. Uh, Don't don't give her these points. (laughs) Yeah, silly Uh, pigtails girl deserved the win. I know. Like, uh, we got people cheating. Literally, uh, you know, breaking the rules to win. Uh, but who's going to correct them when they tell... the ball as hard as they yeah. are? So. Yeah. Are you going to tell Azula, actually, your team cheated. I think we should get the point there. Like, what's it? Yeah, Azula's just spiking that ball right in your face if you say that. Yeah, she already set I... the net on fire. I mean, <laughs> oh, <laughs> True. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah. talk about that. She jumps off Zuko's back and then she like kicks it straight down and lands the final shot, which like sets itself on fire and creates a huge crater and also sets the net on fire. I have a question. Did she fire bend or did she just kick it with such force that it was able to set on fire? The second one. Yeah, like, definitely. There's no, there's no fire bending. She's kicking the ball so quickly that it catches on fire. Like, that must that be like 500 kilometers per hour. Sorry to interrupt, Jacob, but damn, that's crazy. I, I don't know what that is in miles per hour, but it sounds really fast. <laughs> this is an episode of very powerful kicks, as we'll see later. They're like Fire Nation royalty kids. They have like very powerful legs. It's scary. They do not skip leg day. No, uh, they do not skip leg day. At first, when you said kicks, I was like thinking like, are they wearing shoes that look good? And then I remembered what you meant, but I just, yeah. Um, anyway, no, they they're so dweeby. What? They might be kind of dweeby, but even they don't wear shoes on the beach. That's true. Although, like, you could wear a good croc on the beach. 
Do we see like special Fire Nation royalty fancy Crocs? <laughs> I would love a pair of Fire Nation Crocs. They should make that happen. That would I be... bet that they sell little Avatar blocks. Like, do you remember those little inserts for the Crocs? The I bet that they sell those. All right, uh, Zach. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to keep going here? So I sure. Can yeah. Uh, <laughs> then we <laughs> we see Azula go full psycho. She's. <laughs> <laughs> she says, and I quote, we defeated you for all time. You will never rise from the ashes of your humiliation. Uh, well, that was fun. <laughs> uh, I, lo- I love that line. Yeah. Uh, like, after that, do you even tell them good game or like, do you just like, walk away <laughs> as quickly as possible? Like put your head down, like try to get away. Like, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm not even sure I congratulate them. Um, but yeah, very, very intense here. Uh, okay, it does look like they have some uh, some gibbets uh, from from Avatar. So they're called gibbets. Me. Yeah, I love gibbets. My oh, crocs are so good too. Did they make up that word? Uh, oh, definitely. That's a that's a totally <laughs> fake word. Gibbet. Yeah, that's a fake word. Is that trademarked by Croc Gibbet? Um. All right. Let's look it up. <laughs> I don't know. This <laughs> is an educational not long podcast. Was okay, Jib. It's. This word is, yes. is oh. would be impossible. Oh, it is trademarked, folks. Oh wow! <laughs> Watch out, we might get in trouble for even mentioning it. Uh, before we get sued by Crocs, let's quickly get away. We should get sponsored by Crocs, actually, Zach. I'd be <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, great. New life goal. Anyway, okay. So we see um, yeah, Azula <laughs> like make fun of them. Their playing is so impressive uh, that uh, they get an invite to a party. Uh, it's like a who's who party, apparently, um, where Ty Lee's like uh, Ty Lee obviously gets the invite. It seems like May also gets the invite, and Azula's like, "Why are we not getting the invite?" Uh, you know, she at first is like, "Oh, do you not know who we are?" Um, trying to like you know play up like obviously we're going to get the invite. And this guy just does not care. Uh, he's like, no, like we're we're the cool kids here. Um, is it absurd that they don't recognize Zuko? Like, yeah, he has a very distinguishing facial feature. Are Agni Kai's very common, and we're just we just don't understand it. Like, how do people not notice? Like, this is the Fire Lord's son who was banished and then returned fairly recently. Maybe these two is... douche nozzles are just so dumb that they can't figure it out. Because I did not like the. Because they're like, don't you know who we are? We're Chan and Ron Jin, dude. Like, I don't know. I love that. F these guys. Like, just Zach, I like your vocal fry. I love your vocal fry when you're, tell- you're like, yeah, uh, love it. Yeah. Uh, Perfect for those characters. I kind of wonder, though, the Fire Nation's like very toxic do you think like after ozai burned his son oh, there's like a, a like spree of people just like th- this is dark this is for like the r netflix version <laughs> you're like wow i want to be just like my fire lord he's the coolest there's someone <laughs> burn people's faces there's just like a common injury in the fire nation like even just like like we see a uh, combustion man later and he has like those metal arm and legs from like his thing like being blown up like Fire's dangerous. Like, even if people aren't intentionally burning each other's faces, like, people get burns. It happens. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I like that you're suggesting that we saw, like, copycats that were like, <laughs> oh, I gotta keep up with the Joneses. The new cool thing is burning my son's face. Like, I get that Surely the CPS horrific. system. Yeah, the CPS system yeah. in the Fire Nation is probably not very robust, but I hope that it is better 
than like uh, letting people burn each other's faces. But I don't know. We saw that like baby wander off and get kidnapped. I don't think parents are very good in the Fire Nation. <laughs> wow. Uh, the HBO version got dark. Uh, oh, <laughs> we're not there yet. You, Maybe you, I'll wait. There's there's something later that's like very HBO version that I will remember to say. Okay. Do you think it's more a case of maybe there are good child protective services in the Fire Nation, but if Ozai does it, they're not coming in telling the Fire Lord, hey, you actually like committed a crime by like burning yourself. We have to send you to prison. Sorry, yeah. Fire Lord. Okay. I was like, That's he's fair. above like, the law. Yeah, it's like the Church of England. It's like, oh, like you're going to tell me I can't do this. I'll just create my own church because I'm king. And then like I have all of the rules. Like, all right. Yeah, I see it. Um, okay, so apparently uh, burning is... There's like a little caveat uh, in the laws that if you burn someone's face, it's okay. Uh, well, just to, to not get them in trouble. I hope that's not the case. We'll just move on from the burning people's faces <laughs> here. So, so we cut back to Ember, uh, like their, their beach house, and Zuko asks Azula why she didn't tell them who they were, and she explains that she's curious to see how people treat them when they don't know their identity. Mm-hmm. I, like that does seem appealing you know i'm obviously like uh yeah like if i was a celebrity it'd be kind of cool to like you know not be a celebrity uh like i, I feel like this always comes up in like movies and tv shows and people are talking about it how it's like fun to like get away and be treated as like a normal person like um yeah like it it, it makes sense why that's appealing uh then we get like some weird stuff uh from lo and lee here like, I don't understand what they were talking about, but they're talking like Azula's talking about like, oh, like it's cool to people not know us who like know us as who we are. And Lo, Lo and Lee say like waves washing away the footprints on the sand. Ember Island gives everyone a clean slate. Ember Island reveals the true you. And then they do this whole like clap, snap, dance, whatever. Yeah, I like the clap, clap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zach, we should have done it in unison. Oh, true. But I'm too uncoordinated. I would have messed yeah. it up. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it was just felt weird. Uh, first off, that they're even there, but then that they had all this. Uh, I thought anyway. the metaphor made sense. I don't know. Okay, like right. Ember Island's like this magical place where you just it just washes away everything, just gives you a clean slate. I kind of get it. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm glad it. I'm glad it clicked for you. I was just like, that's weird. I don't get why they're here. <laughs> um, okay, then we, we see something. The that's, what then? No, you just don't get the beach. This is why you don't get the magic of the beach and why it's so great. It has this effect on people. They're like, I'm with Zach on this. Yeah, there's something to this metaphor and the magical healing effects. I'm not there for it at all. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, be- the beach can miss me. In fact, I've told people before that I'm only going to the beach five more times in my life. Um, <laughs> so if if someone wants to to take me to the beach, they're decrementing one of the five times that I will ever go again. Wow. You should just knock those out really quick, and then you never have to go back. That's a good idea. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'm going to the beach, Dan. I'll tell you if it's magical, but I'm going to the beach next week. <laughs> I used to I used to I, run I a, like... a program in it that like our, our group stayed in Tel Aviv in Israel, and I would, my mm-hmm. fun fact was always that I hate the beach, and like the 50 kids on my program were just in shock that I would say something so like so heinous, and it's just like. Yeah, uh, it just doesn't do it for me. I don't know. Not how magical you, at all. How could you say something so controversial yet so yeah. brave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
feel like both of you are just like taking the magic out of the beach saying, kids, you're wrong to like the beach. I'm going to get these five times out of the way as quickly as possible, <laughs> like super regimented to make sure there is no magic. Yes, that is that is precisely what my yep. plan is. That was a good you summary. hit the nail right on the head. <laughs> um, anyway, the next thing that we get is uh, like kind of cool, also kind of wild. We see this like messenger hawk. Uh, with a special black ribbon that requires a song and dance flying along. Uh, it's it's living its own life. And then we see this like scary looking thing uh, that's apparently called a raven hawk. Uh, and it like dives down. It like takes over the messenger hawk. It like flings it to the ground. Uh, it takes the black ribbon. Like this raven hawk completely demolishes the other hawk. I, yeah, I... I I was scared. Uh, what know, was most impressive? Oh, sorry to interrupt. What was mm-hmm. most impressive about this was like the Raven Hawk like ties up the messenger Hawk with the black ribbon. Oh yeah. 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 Like without opposable thumbs. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. Pretty impressive. The Raven Hawk makes the messenger Hawk a very important message that must be read immediately <laughs> by wrapping it in the ribbon. <laughs> but no one's going to find it. The messenger hawk can't deliver itself anymore because it's wrapped in the ribbon. It became so important and then so inaccessible all in one move. That's true. Someone's going to like see the, the black ribbon messenger hawk and they're going to like open it up. They're going to be like, this isn't a message. Uh, yeah, I like that. I'm sure that the, the kids on the Brambleberry Kush might think that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully no kids are smoking, but... <laughs> Wait, okay. Sorry, this this is uh, not related to okay. uh, to Avatar. Did you know that narwhals are a real animal? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So everyone this- knew that. Okay. <laughs> I, I I thought that they were fake. Like you know, like unicorns are like obviously fake, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. We all confirm. Yeah. Okay, great. So unicorns fake. So narwhals like look as fake as unicorns. Like we see lion turtles, we see like duck turtles, like in in Avatar. Narwhals are crazier than any portmanteau animal we've seen in Avatar. Like, Platypus. Platypus, like, more reasonable than a narwhal. Like, they look so absurd. Someone told me that they were real, and it blew my actual mind. I thought that's something you everyone learns when they're a kid, because narwhals yeah. are always in, like, children's media, I feel like, so that you yeah. just learn that they're a real yeah. animal. So were unicorns, and I knew that those weren't real. So, like, My friend actually had a shirt that said narwhals. Uh, no, that's, a, that's a sick photo. Uh, my friend mm-hmm. had a shirt that says narwhals. So cool that people think I'm mythical. I should get that shirt. Yeah. Anyway, I've heard them uh, described. I've heard them described as the unicorn of the sea. So yeah. like, I get why like you don't believe them in them because they're so closely associated. But nope, they exist. Okay, well, do you think they should um, be like dolphin unicorns in the Avatar universe, and no one uh, would even blink an eye? That'd be so cool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like. It, yeah. Anyway, we're, we're not even to the point yet. I actually I had this in my notes later in the episode, but then I remembered it just now because. Yeah, the, the door knocker on their house is a lion turtle, uh, which we'll get to in a second. Literally, actually, in one second. Uh, so I guess I'm just reading ahead my notes a bit. But uh, the fact that, that they're real, like, absolutely blew my mind. Um, anyway, so more, sorry, to get back, uh, sorry for the tangent. The Ravenhawk uh, goes to the, um, the, the Ravenhawk goes to the assassin uh, that we don't know who he is quite yet. Uh, but we see him get the letter. Uh, it's really inconvenient for this guy because as soon as he reads something, it looks like it burns a hole in it. 
which really must make books like very high stakes. Like as you're reading the page, you're like searing a hole through the page. Like you have to be a really quick reader to get any information at all. He needs like to read things that are like every, like if someone wants him to read something, they have to write it on like a metal slab or something. Yes. (laughs) Like they have to make something burn proof just for him, like special burn proof books. Does he have to focus so hard when he's reading yeah. that he burns it? I don't think so. I think he could just read something. How 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 would he be able to find the avatar if he can't read without burning everything? He has a good memory. Like that's the that's the only way. Or like it's written on uh it's written on metal or something like that. Like I like I don't know. It looks like as soon as he reads it he burns it, no? So, we're kidding, right? Like cuz I thought like he was like choosing to burn it by fire, yeah. right? I think, we're, we're yes, kidding. he is. He is. We're okay. just going down. Yeah. I'm just making we're going sure. down one of Jacob's yeah. tangents. Don't worry about it. Okay, <laughs> just just for a second. Dan, Dan's like, do we need to check on him? And Zach's like, no, it's fine. He does this every week. Like, this is, this I is mean, normal. you didn't you didn't think unicorns or you didn't think yeah. narwhals were real? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still not entirely convinced. For being honest, like I've had enough people tell me that they're real to where at this point, like. I guess I'll believe the experts, but like <laughs> they look really fake. Uh, they, they look really? Photoshop. It's true. They do look. Photoshop. Maybe if you spend more time at the beach, you'd see some narwhals. Oh yeah, because I go to the Arctic when I go to the beach. Isn't that where, where they are? What, where is their habitat? I don't know. I've never I even seen that at an aquarium. I just came for Dan so hard. Being uh, yeah, no, they're 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 only in the Arctic, uh, Greenland, Canada, and Russia. So. I guess I, mean, uh, I didn't get a very simple joke, so you can come that'll, that'll be one of my five beach trips is to the Arctic so I can see a narwhal. Okay, maybe I would make an exception to see a narwhal. Okay. There uh, there are there I'm I'm looking it up because so I was like, where can I go see a narwhal? Apparently there are none in captivity, which is that's that's great. Um damn, they do not thrive in captivity. So it's how no metal are these animals that they can't even be they can't even live in captivity. Exactly. Um Anyway, uh, okay, so we get back to Avatar. Uh, they show up on time. Uh, in fact, too early. Azula takes the fact that they say they're partying from dusk till dawn a little bit too literally. Uh, they show up exactly at dusk. Uh, and they d- and even though Chan says, like, oh, no, this is just an expression, Azula's like, no, we're the perfect party guests. Uh, we're right on time because we're very punctual. Um, you know, I-, I love it. I love someone who's on time. Um, we get Chan, you know, trying to give some house rules, saying like, hey, don't mess anything up. My dad's an admiral. Uh, and then Azula tries to give uh, Chan a compliment here. Uh, the compliment does not go over very well. This is when she says that he's so sharp that he could puncture the hull of an Empire-class Fire Nation battleship. Uh, yeah, a little awkward. Uh, not Just not a little. Best. Not the best. Do you yeah. guys arrive she on time to the- parties? I try to. Um, I, I like being on time to things, but, uh, I, as I've gotten older, I've gotten worse at like being on time to things. I was never good at being punctual. I'm always late to stuff. I'm going to be punctual for podcasts, but for parties, I'm always running late. I feel like sadly. Yeah. As far as parties go, I was on time once and it was very awkward and I decided yeah. to never do that again. Yes. Same. Um, yeah. like, but Oh, I was going to say fashionably late is a phrase. Fashionably early is rude. Like there's no such thing as fashionably early. Um, probably people showed up at my wedding fashionably early and it was the most stressful part of my wedding. She's like, Wait, what are these people up? doing here? Yeah. Like 
a full hour before the wedding started. I was like, what are all these people doing here? We have nothing what for you. Go, go home. Standing around. I don't know. I was taking photos. You should have. You should have had some like uh, what's it called? Cornhole for them to play. No, what? It's not on me. For the, the activities are not set up. They arrived at four. The wedding was called for five. Yeah, that's <laughs> rude. Like they're being so polite. It's rude. Okay. So polite. And they weren't even family. It was so weird. Yeah. No, it's weird. My wedding will have cornhole so, for any guests that is up early. Just throwing that. I'll, out there. I'll Sorry, show up to your wedding early, just on purpose, just so you'll see how stressful it is. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Dan. What, what have you been trying to say as we talk about cornhole and weddings? No, no, you're good. Weddings are very important. Uh, I was thinking, like, the in the beginning of season three, uh, Hakoda and Bato and all of them, mm-hmm. they were saying we were sent by Admiral Chan. Uh, and then the other guy uh, who reported to, like, his the captain on the other boat said, Admiral Chan is on vacation in Ember Island right now. Do you think Admiral Chan just left and now Chan Jr. is like, dad's gone. Time to throw a rager. Yeah, probably. I think so. I think that makes sense. Yes. that Fantastic call. Uh, That is 100% correct. I mean, I I don't know if Chan is like Lee and that like there are so many people with that name in this world. Like there's yeah. got to be a lot of admirals. There's maybe a but lot specifically of specifically like, his vacationing on Ember Island. Like that's yeah. obviously it has to be the same person. They wouldn't put yeah. this is a TV show. They wouldn't put it in unless yeah. it was true. Yeah, it's more mm-hmm. fun for the headcanon anyway. If this is the case, so this is what mm-hmm. I'm going to believe no matter what. Uh, I, I definitely like that. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, they're at the party. Uh, we see like uh, you know uh, some guy. I, I actually don't remember if this is the guy we met earlier, but some guy walks up to May uh, and is like, "Oh, you're you're here first. And Zuko's like pretty snappy at him. Uh, I I didn't think that this was a great look from him. Uh, then he's like being a little rude to May about it. I don't know. Like this, they, they get a lot worse here. Uh, I was not appreciating this. Yes, that much. Zuko is so unreasonable here. He's like. <laughs> He thinks he's so great. What do you think of him, May? And then Zoo- May gives like the correct response. She's like, I hardly know him. I have no opinion of him. And then Zuko goes from like zero to a hundred real quick. And he's like, you like him, don't you? We're like, what the hell, Zuko? Like, what's wrong with you? This <laughs> jealous boyfriend look is not good. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it very just- bad. I think like Zuko, like we see at the beach, uh, like, and we a little bit with Azula too. Like Zuko takes off his shirt. Everyone's like, Ooh, ah, Zuko so pretty. But like, he's still like the same guy on the inside who like doesn't know how to interact with people. May, uh, May is his first girlfriend. Like he's super insecure and it's not fun for anyone. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's very true. Uh, and he's like really jumping to conclusions here. It's like pretty, pretty gross, uh, behavior from him. Uh, then we see like another gross, uh, group of gross behavior uh, with these teens that are obsessed with Ty Lee. Uh, they're all like, oh, like, you know, like, oh, I did this for her. Well, I met her first. I did this. Uh, Ty Lee's like really not feeling it. They literally corner her in like in the room. They're like, which one of us do you like? Like, uh, and it's, yeah, very dumb. Uh, Ty Lee does the only appropriate thing and knocks all five of them out immediately. Uh, just lays them all out. Uh, and then walks up to Azula to to see them. Uh, I really appreciate that she just, like, knocks people out uh, at the party. Uh, quite a cool move from her. Um, then, like, and also, uh, like, girls don't owe you affection just because you do nice things to them, for them. Like, that's just not 
how life works. Like you, it just, it's just, you have to be genuine, a genuine person. You can't buy their affection with like, I won't Pretty use shallow. the words that, that, that Jacob said I'm not allowed to use, but with, uh, <laughs> with nice deeds. Yes. Uh, yeah, you can't, you can't, uh, you know, be nice, uh, just to, just to get like the attention. Um, but then you also shouldn't be rude to your friends. So Ty Lee is saying like, mm-hmm. Oh, these people won't leave me alone. Uh, and Azula's like, you're so ignorant. These boys only like you because you make it easy for them. You're not a challenge. You're a tease. And like Azula, uh, is like so brutal here. Ty Lee immediately starts crying on hearing this. Um, like we do see Azula step back a little bit. She says she didn't mean what she said. I think this is the only time I've ever seen remorse from Azula ever, and we'll ever see it in the whole series. Uh, but she like really crosses the line here. I know Azula's brutal, but this is not what we want to see at our roasts. Like we need a soft yeah. for her. Yeah, but she very is- clearly doesn't apologize. She just like says, "I didn't mean it." Just like mm-hmm. kind of like say, "I'm sorry," though. She's not there yet. Mm-hmm. It's obviously yeah. just coming from a place of jealousy, though. She's yeah. envious of Ty Lee and her ability to pick up boys. Yeah, she even says she's jealous. Uh, and Ty Lee's like, but you're the most beautiful, smartest, perfect girl in the world. And Azula's like, well, you're right about those. And I, <laughs> I love that. I love that energy. Um, but yeah, then, uh, then Ty Lee gives her some flirting advice. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and say I don't stand by this at all. But uh, <laughs> Ty Lee says the way to get a boy... Uh, is to look at him and smile a lot at everything he says, even if it's not funny. Uh, yeah. Sarah, is this I will, how you picked I, up your I, husband? Yeah, I will announce that this this has a 100% success rate. If you are looking to get a guy's attention, this is all you need to do. These are This is correct. This is it. You just smile at him, like make eye contact. Wow, the girl's making eye contact with me. She's laughing at my, my dumb dad jokes. Oh my God. I know this isn't funny, and then their guard comes down, and then they're in love with you. And it, uh, 100% success rate for me. Ask Lydia, Jacob. It's 100%. <laughs> I am floored. I am mm-hmm. absolutely floored that this is the advice that we're going with. I thought for <laughs> sure. I thought for sure that everyone would be like, no, this is dumb. This doesn't work. Like, I, I, I mean, no. for me, 100%. I don't know if, if girls or, or if anyone has tried this on you and you you could see through it. I have never had any guy catch me out of this. No, it's I'm super susceptible to that. <laughs> like it's definitely a thing like looking back like, "Oh, that's why that person was laughing at that thing I said that was not funny at all." Like it's, it's an ego um, boost and it's, it's it's a nice little move. But, but but does it count uh, if it's like Azula's laugh? Because like Ty Lee like does this practice on her and Azula laughs so loud. The entire party comes to a screeching halt. Like Yeah, then she learned how to laugh correctly and got the kiss later. <laughs> okay. It just, totally think, worked. Yeah. It's just yeah, funny that she didn't know how... Oh, oh, continue, Dan. There you go. You, I, yeah, I, I just that. think it's funny how she didn't know how to laugh correctly and then... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how, how do you not know how to laugh? That's wild. Yeah, that's that's actually really tragic if you think about it. Like, she doesn't even know how to laugh. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see later. Azula, like in her one moment of introspection, she has like a little like tragic backstory as well. Mm-hmm. Even if she doesn't want to mm-hmm. get into it, but like Azula, she knows the plan again. Like in volleyball, she just doesn't have mm-hmm. the follow through. Okay, look, smile, laugh. And she just wow. can't do it correctly. Dan, wow. you're just so I love smart. This breakdown, Dan. Yeah, you're you're on top of it. Uh, yeah, 
she she knows the exact plan but can't do the execution. Um, that's very correct. Uh, anyway, so after we see the entire party come to a screeching halt, we see May and Zuko sitting in the corner uh, to themselves doing their own thing. Uh, and they're like May's like I'm bored, I'm hungry, and uh, May's like go get me some food, and Zuko's like fine. Uh, like th- this is like they're not happy with each other. Uh, I I don't know what's going on here. Um, but yeah, he he's gonna go get some food. Uh, while he's doing that, Azula's like, okay, I'm ready for the tour of the house. Uh, Chan is like so enamored and ready to go that he ditches the girl that he's talking to to go show Azula around. Azula places the cup on this girl's <laughs> head that she was talking to, and apparently the girl was so angry that it causes steam to come from the head, which I thought was a great joke from the animators. Uh, I really appreciate that. Pretty sure that was iced tea. If Jet saw that, he would have been pissed. Uh, uh, that girl heating up her tea? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, someone heating up their tea, clearly Fire Nation. Uh, obviously, they're yeah. in the actual Fire Nation, but this is the dead giveaway. Yeah. Another, another Jet great would have call. Such a bad time. Jet yes. would have such a bad time in the Fire Nation. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he would like he would whisper to someone. He'd be like, "I think they're Fire Nation," and he's like, "Yeah, I think so too." And he'd be like, "I'm very upset about this." Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think he'd do well in the Fire Nation. No, no. Um, anyway, we see Chan and Azula talking. Uh, Chan's saying like, "Oh, is this like your first time here?" Uh, and then he says, "It's a great place if you like sand." Where we see Azula give a, a pretty convincing laugh, uh, and then Chan. Yeah, I, I guess you're right, Sarah, because this works on him in completely where he gives it another instant, worse instantaneously, joke. Instantaneously, instantaneously it works. Because then he gives like a worse joke where he's like, welcome to Sandyland. And then they both laugh. And then he goes from being far away to like being a lot closer to her. Uh, yeah, Azula then compliments him. Uh, he then flexes his muscles and they kiss. Uh, apparently that's the move. Um, anyway. Uh, Azula's says, first kiss is a big moment. Yeah, we assume. I don't know. flirting advice is so good that she helped Azula recover from that awful like battleship pickup line. <laughs> that Tylee yeah. got her from the beginning of the party being super punctual, no sh- social skills to her first kiss. But- also, this guy saw her literally go psychopath on like a- another group of teens playing volleyball and still thought, yeah, I'll kiss her. Why not? I mean, and this is Chan jokes, we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Chan, though. Do you know who his dad is? <laughs> the Do you know who my father is? Wait till he hears about this. Yeah. Does, uh, does, we... does he even know her name? Do they no, give names? No. no, they don't know anything. Guys are the no. worst. Ugh. There are only Come two on, names man. that matter. <laughs> and the two names that matter are the names Zach said earlier. So perfect. Chan and whatever the other guy's name was. Oh, I, I was like, I was waiting for the joke and I was like, I have no idea where we're going with this dad, but I was, I was ready for the, for another thing. Then, uh, like after the kiss, we get one of my favorite moments, uh, in this episode. Zach, did you appreciate this moment from Azula here? Of course. She's like, together, you and I will be the strongest couple in the world. We will dominate the earth as she firebends some blue flame. This is amazing. <laughs> I watched it with captions and it literally said sweetly for together you and I and then it switched to firmly for when she was like dominate the entire earth. I was like, wow. Yeah. Uh and then I really like like she has like the blue fire uh and she like looks completely deranged. 
And Chan goes from like, you know, being all sweet and trying to be smooth himself to like going completely like blank face, like completely slack face, very serious. Uh, I really appreciated that. We even see like his eyes shrink and sweat like drip from his forehead before he's like, uh, all right, time to go, uh, which I thought was quite funny. Um, yeah. So then we see uh, him go away. Uh, Azula's standing there upset. We go back to Zuko. Uh, Zuko's walking around with some food he's got. Someone bumps into him. The food hits the ground. Uh, And instead of Zuko maintaining his, uh, you know, his composure, he says, uh, hey, watch it. That food was for my cranky girlfriend. Uh, (laughs) The use of the word cranky here is odd. I feel like that one could have been left out. Um, But then he even points at her saying, like, showing, like, this is the cranky girlfriend of which I speak, uh, which I thought was funny. And then he sees that someone was chatting up his girl, which makes him even more upset. Um, yeah, Zuko then walks up, uh, pushes the guy away. Uh, and then the guy's like, hey, what are you doing? Uh, Zuko like gets upset with them. They have a whole fight. Zuko literally throws him a full, like, I guess not a fully grown man, but like a 17-year-old boy. He picks him up, throws him across the room, breaking a vase uh, as everyone like freaks out a little bit on him. Uh, yeah. Scale of one to ten, how toxic is Zuko in this? Uh, is he breaking the scale? Uh, Eleven. Yeah. yeah, he's breaking yeah. the scale for sure. He's just toxic this whole episode. But I get like they'll they'll talk about the end of the episode, the final scene, which is pretty powerful. Was like he's got a lot of inner turmoil at this moment in time. Yeah, so I think that this this scene. episode is his breaking point. Like this is the worst we we see Zuko be, and it, it, it's honestly really sad. Like the. the knowing what we know will come later but like it's just like oh poor baby he's hurting so bad but like why are you destroying this kid's life Mm -hmm. yeah i think he's like breaking the toxicity scale as much as he's breaking like the vase he's very like (laughs) insistent my girlfriend may stop talking to my cranky girlfriend my girlfriend he's super insecure and we know like he's going through like a lot but it like spills over through like his relationship his friendships just like everything yeah yeah, this really is a low moment for him. And I think we'll see next week that he had to hit this low moment in order for next week to hit as well as it does. Uh, like next week, we get a lot of cool stuff in the episode, like with Zuko's backstory, his destiny, all of that sort of stuff. So it is cool to see him hit his low moment. But uh, apparently this is too much for May. May breaks up with him, uh, says like, we're done here. Uh, then like it just really gets uh, gets bad quick because uh, Chan walks in. He's like, hey, like who broke the space? Like you got to get out of here. Uh, they all decide to leave. Uh, we then see Zuko. Uh, he's walking around. They go up to this vacation house, which is like a pretty good house. Like this is one I would even consider staying in. Um, then, yeah, we see like a bunch of times where he's flashing back to memories he's had. Uh, he's flashing back to hanging out with his dad at the beach. Uh, we see him flash back to hang out with his mom. Uh, we also see him hanging out with uh, Iroh and Lu Ten as they make a sandcastle. Uh, lots of cool memories here from Zuko as he walks up to the house. Uh, we then go see Zuko uh, go to the door. The door is locked. Uh, so he uses his leg muscles to just keep the whole door down. Uh, pretty impressive here. Um, anyway, he walks in. He sees the family portrait. Uh, and he has some more flashbacks here. Uh, any any thoughts on this scene from Zuko as he's flashing back to his happier childhood, seeing his mom, seeing his dad, seeing everything in a good place? Oh, it, it plays well 
it, it plays well with like what he's going to reveal later that like mm-hmm. he that was like everything he wanted and what he wanted to get back to and he's like he feels like he should be back to it now like with his family and approval uh mm-hmm. and he's just not there and that's why he's so like eaten up inside yeah yeah no i i think that's that's really accurate uh zach what were you gonna say uh once again i forget so <laughs> it might, no, sorry about that. no worries i think like uh, the important thing here is like uh you know we see him reliving his past uh he's obviously in a re- weird transitional moment where he doesn't really know like what he should be doing um you know he has what he wanted but he's not really like happy and satisfied with it uh so i think this is like a cool moment um yeah the next thing we get is uh pretty cool too we see team avatar they're all sleeping uh Toph wakes up after seeing or feeling a foot uh, in the distance. Uh, she's like, oh, the, a metal man coming, uh, which is good that we have this canary from Toph because uh, we're going to see this assassin, Sparky Sparky Boom Boom Man. Uh, he's going to uh, he's gonna take a deep breath. Uh, he's going to shoot a laser or an explosion out of his head. Uh, his tattoo then like causes a, a giant shockwave uh, but thankfully, they're able to get out of the way. Um, Aang's able to, like, you know, zoom out uh, and use some air bending uh, to get out of the way. Or maybe this is when he earth bends. They, they do like lots of these shots where he like shoots the shoots the explosion and then gets he, away. He takes three shots, but then first, uh, oh my gosh, I'm not on the right place in my notes. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I his, believe, first, his, so, first, his first one's not even close. His second one is a little close, but Aang is able to block it with uh, airbending, and then Katara mm-hmm. blocks the third with a wave of water. And then we cut back to Azula. And them. Yeah, the thing I was most impressed by here is how quick they go from uh, sleeping to, like, peak fight fighting form. Uh, you know, when I wake up, I need, like, half an hour to do anything productive. But they wake up, and five seconds later, they're, like, stopping explosions from going by their face. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, facts. I mean, I guess they're used to it from when they were chased by Azula in the chase, yeah. so they're used to, like, waking up and being ready to fight. Very also, true. I think you get that, like, nice adrenaline shot when your life's in danger and you wake up. Like, you know, when you wake up, like, if you have, like, a bad dream or, like, you dream that you're falling, you wake up, like, with, a with like, a shot. It's probably similar. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Uh, I guess when I wake up, it's a lot lower stakes than... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were they were super off guard when they were swimming, uh, just in the middle of nowhere. So now they saved up all of their high alertness for when they're asleep. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I guess that works. Uh, probably not the best use of their strategy. They should have just had their high guard earlier and then avoided this. But hey, uh, you know, can't win them all. Um, anyway, we'll go back to this fight in a second. But before we do that, we see Azula uh, go up to Zuko. Uh, she finds him at the old house. Uh, and yeah, Zuko's like really reflecting on things changing. Uh, Azula like encourages him to go to the beach because it's too depressing. And we see all of them, uh, them being May, Zuko, Tylee, and Azula sitting by the beach. Uh, Zuko is still being immature here. He's like, oh, where's your new boyfriend? Uh, before he like, you know, decides that he can be mature. Uh, then, uh, like he asks if people are cold. Tylee says she's freezing. So Zuko's like, oh, I can make a fire. There's plenty of stuff in the house to burn. He's a firebender. He doesn't need stuff, right? 
Like, Thank you. I had that in my notes too. This is a very frustrating yeah. point to the episode. But on the beach, what would he burn on the beach? The, would the burn sand? What? Like what? What? Like he, he he's a firebender. What do you mean? He creates. You just fire. want him to like make like a continuous stream of fire. Like he has to stand yes. there firebending the whole time, being like a, a heater for Ty Lee, okay. and like he can't <laughs> just like sit back and relax. Also, yes. there's all this stuff in this house. They should have been staying in this house that's much nicer, the Low and Lee's cottage. But like, if they're not going to use it, they might as well burn the stuff. Wait, why no. have they sold this house? Is my question. Like, this is some serious real estate. Like, they're yeah, not going is, back here. That is true, Dan. I don't think it's a use it or burn it mentality. That's wild. <laughs> like, you're on a beach, there's got to be driftwood. Like, why? Why is your option like either stay in the house or burn the house to the ground? Like, there's a middle ground that we're not hitting yet. Yeah, and I don't think they should be burning anything in the house. Like these, like timeless, like family artifacts and heirlooms. I don't think they should be burning that stuff. Dan's like that was like an exaggeration. My point was more: why aren't they staying in the house? They I should agree, be yeah. staying in the house. It's much Correct. nicer than the cottage. I guess it goes back to like. Lo and Lee are making them stay with them. Uh, but, but like, to Zuko's point, he's not burning it because he can't find anything to burn. He's burning it because he doesn't want to remember all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> burn the house down. They're not burn living there. Burn it down. Uh, we go back to Team Avatar. They're trying to get away from Combustion Man. Uh, they're, they're, like, trying to get away. Uh, Sokka's, like, saying, like, oh, this is crazy. Like, how are we going to beat up a guy who can blow stuff up with his mind? Uh, and then Aang, classic airbender, says, like, let's just try to distract him and get away. Um, he then decides to, uh, to like, start running away. Uh, they create some smoke to make some distance for them. Uh, he then, like, starts using some, uh, like, cliffs, uh, using the terrain to his advantage. I thought this was pretty impressive. He uses a lot of rock pillars to get away. Um, then we see, yeah. Uh, Aang's like trying to get away. Uh, we then, yeah, have some more uh, explosions. We get one really cool shot where we see like the little dot uh, going, and then Aang like air bends it away. So it was cool to be able to see that it's like actually like uh, an actual object flying through the sky. Then yeah, it, it was in like slow motion too. That mm-hmm. was a really impressive shot. I have that in my notes. Yeah, is this uh, the first? Is this the first episode where we see Combustion Man bending, or yes. did we see him bend before? Yes, this is like, the first episode we, where we where we actually see him like shoot stuff from his from his third eye. Yeah, that's I mean that's really cool. Probably worth mentioning. Like we've never seen bending like that before. That, yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, this guy's got a pretty cool backstory. Uh, I was reading like uh, reading a little bit about this. Uh, this is like what I was going to mention earlier about the HBO version is that uh, in the HBO version. Um, I think that they would have left something in one of the original scripts. In the original script, they had him disposing of the two soldiers uh, that we saw earlier, like getting rid of them uh, and, and killing them. I think we probably see that in the HBO version. We see him just like take out the soldiers, take the messenger hawk, uh, clean up any evidence of this. But obviously, we don't see that in the kids show. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, very cool. He has this like power to be able to channel firebending through his uh, like eye. He's able to like, project it to cause these explosions. So it's like a, a unique form of bending. Um, then we see, yeah, like Aang uh, realizes he's not really going to be able to get away. So instead, Aang hides in the rocks, kind of like Toph did in season two, encasing herself in rocks. Aang does the same thing. Uh, the assassin uh, is able to like see uh, or I guess notice that he's there 
Uh, Aang then jumps up. Uh, Combustion Man shoots uh, shoots like some explosion at him, which only propels Aang forward since he's in some rocks and he's able to get away. Unique use of earthbending here from Aang. A really airbending move using earthbending as the medium. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, and then, yeah, Katara leaves this off by saying, like, no, I have a feeling he knows who we are. And it's like, yeah, no, duh. Like, obviously, he's not going to attack some random children. Uh, yeah, they, they know you're the Avatar. I mean, if he was going to kill some, like, teenage firebending guards, you'd think he's not just going to kill some kids? Maybe. No. I don't know. That's dark. <laughs> that's dark even yeah, for, I guess, even I, for I, I've show. been getting it's really just... dark on this podcast. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> so was I inspiring burnings like this i'm sorry i'm bringing a bad energy here no, no i like it i'm here for yeah. it <laughs> yeah it's, it's fine it's just like uh yeah you know uh it's, it's a children's show they deal with some dark things but i don't think they kill random children um, well anyway. they did they did originally include that so it was yeah. it was on their minds it would yeah. create some serious stakes and i think that like we'd see later in cora that they kind of like up the ante on mm-hmm. on the, a lot of like Death is possible, and yeah. damn, is that that intense? Yeah, Cora yeah. does have some really dark moments, uh, for sure. But um, anyway, we we get back to the beach here. Uh, we see them like start to to burn stuff down, and this is where we get really into the emotion of it all. Um, they all kind of each have their emotional moments. Um, Zuko first starts by insulting Ty Lee, uh, making fun of her. He even calls her a circus freak, which is something we heard uh, Katara call her earlier uh, in season two. Uh, and Ty Lee really like takes this on and gives it a new meaning. I thought this was a really sweet moment here. Uh, she like reclaims circus freak and says like this is good uh, because she had six sisters growing up who looked like her. She felt like she was part of a match set, but now circus freak is a compliment because she's different. I thought this is a nice way to like turn the insult, make it something better own it uh i i appreciated that i thought this was good it, it is right but it, i feel i don't want to blow up tylee's spot uh and also i don't want to blow up my spot as someone who like is too obsessed with avatar but like in like one of the comics from like after the series we see like tylee's sisters and they're also all into circus acrobatics so to, to make herself different I guess they all chose the same thing to make themselves different because they all just do not the same can, stuff not, still. There's not canon, not canon. No, but, but I think, I, I believe, yes. So they all do the same sort of thing, but they're all doing it like in different groups rather than being together. Like, I feel like it's still, I feel like it still counts. Yeah, they're all going like six different circuses, so it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then like, so Ty Lee gets her moment. Uh, the next one, uh, is Ty Lee turns it on May where she's like, Oh, you're an only child for 15 years. Uh, but your aura is dingy, pasty, and gray. Uh, <laughs> Zuko gets more offended than anything else on her behalf. Uh, Zuko's like, are you going to take that? Uh, and May has a great moment here, uh, where she's like, what do you want from me? You want a teary confessional about how hard my childhood was? Well, it wasn't. She explains that she was rich. Uh, she realized if she stayed out of trouble uh, and was quiet, she'd get everything she wanted. Uh, yeah, I, I think May like learned how to how to hack her life. Uh, you know, she doesn't seem too happy about it, but um, you know, she seems uh, she yeah she's at least surviving. Um, then like she was May, like literally conditioned not to share her feelings, and mm-hmm. now doesn't know how to 
properly express herself. Yeah, that's yes. how Azula basically describes it. She's yeah. like, well, you had a controlling mother who had high expectations, and that's why you're afraid to care about anything, and that's why you don't express yourself. So good analysis, Sarah. Yeah, and then and then May like says like she stands up to Azula, uh, which we'll see May's like pretty much the only person who can stand up to Azula. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she screams at her, like, leave me alone. Zuko's like, ooh, she's showing, like, her, her expressive side. So he tries to make a move. And it's like, <laughs> why did you think this was the ch- time to make your move, dude? Like, read the room. Like, come on now. Leave her alone. Uh, but he, yeah, May's like, don't touch me. I'm so mad at you. And it's like, oh, my God. Um, yeah, and then we get Zuko's moment. Uh Oh, yeah. Tylee says one of the funniest things. Uh, she's like, too much negative energy is bad for your skin. Yeah, You'll totally is. break out. And Zuko's like, are you serious right now? Like, <laughs> we're, we're talking about clear skin and acne. Like, have you seen my face? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. He doesn't say it in so many words. But uh, yeah, he has his moment where he's like, oh, you know, uh, like, even though I'm lauded as a hero, like, I have everything I want. I'm not happy. Uh, and then everyone sort of like pesters him a bit. They keep saying like, oh, who are you mad at? Like, are you mad at dad? Like, are you mad at your uncle? Uh, where he ends up like really blowing up. Uh, he says, I'm angry at myself. He creates a gigantic fire that must have made Ty Lee just a little bit warmer uh, <laughs> as, as, uh, as he gets upset there. Uh, this was a good moment from Zuko. I appreciated this uh, realization that he has. Uh, and I really think this helps motivate his character going into next week. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is really good character progression, I feel like. Yep. Um, we get... Go on, Dan. Zuko's moment of insight, like, he, they really had to push him. Everyone else, like, or Ty Lee and May, and we're going to see Azula. They already know, like, who they are and what makes them, like, upset and why they are the way they are. Zuko like really needs prodding and also like classic angsty Zuko. Like Tylee mm-hmm. only goes into her thing because Zuko attacked her. Uh, May only goes into her thing because Tylee attacked her. Zuko says, well, you know why I'm so upset and why my life is so bad? I don't really know, but you should listen to my angst. <laughs> Real main character. I need you yeah, yeah. <laughs> that feels very on brand for him to be like, oh, it's my turn to speak now. Like I'm the one who now gets to talk. <laughs> Um, and then Azula, Azula is so funny. Her response was like, well, those were wonderful, wonderful performances, everyone. And it's like, damn, these people just like these supposed friends of yours. Yeah. Just, just had like a very emotional moment and you're just going to stand there and stunt on them. Uh, and then Azula like goes through, she's like, you know, like I could be upset that our mom likes Zuko more than me, but I don't care. Uh, like she like completely owns all of this, uh, that she thought that she was a monster, uh, or her mom thought she was a monster. Um, anyway, I, I thought this was funny. Uh, and then Azula decides to cap it off with the only, uh, thing that she knows how to do, which is, uh, pure destruction. Uh, <laughs> my favorite line is she goes, my own mother thought I was a monster. She was right, of course, but it still hurt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. The delivery line. on that line is just like, that's so perfect. <laughs> And I, kind of, so <laughs> I read that as like for a moment Azula was able to like let herself feel something like but and then going right back to no emotions mm-hmm. are only like a performance mm-hmm. uh, like she's mm-hmm. she's not in touch with herself like even less so than Zuko like Zuko wants to be and Azula just sees like emotion introspection as a weakness like outside that like other people have and she can manipulate yeah yeah 
No, that 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 is accurate. She definitely uses uh, uses that to her advantage. Uh, but then they they really cap it off uh, with a great uh, a great thing. They go into Admiral Chan's house. They completely destroy the place. Uh, Zuko kicks a table in half. Uh, May takes her knives and slices some paintings. Tai Lee decides to like break some chandeliers. Uh, they all do their best to absolutely destroy this house, and we get a great picture of the four yeah. of them all hanging out with a fire in the background. It's a beautiful like painting, yeah. I this was one of my favorite endings to an episode. Uh, I really appreciated that. But uh, yeah, there, there you go. That's the beach. Uh, that's the episode we're here to talk about. I there's a lot of fun things in this episode. It's a great episode. I, I it, yeah. it really it's one of my favorites. It's kind of like fillery if you think about like there's not so much like action adventure going on yeah slice of life but i think like it really is a catalyst for 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 like zuko and his mm-hmm. story and where his story progresses and it, it just it it gets me so hyped for the rest of season three like it, yeah. i think this is the starting point for me where here and then the next episode is avatar and the fire lord which is also a fantastic episode and you're just like we're in it this is like building and building and building yeah, uh, I agree I, there. I think we also do get a little good stuff with like uh, Azula and May and Tylee too, though, right? Like this is the first time we ever see any introspection from Azula. And we see like really how close. It's like Azula and Tylee are way closer yeah. uh, than Maya is. And that comes into play later uh, with like uh, the Boiling Rock. Uh, yes. I mean, just like that. that is yeah. True. Um, yeah, Zach, what were your thoughts on the episode overall? Yeah, I love this episode. I love the just the beautiful nature of like everyone, the outpouring of emotion at the end from everyone. Though I think it's pretty telling how like Azula is the only one who really doesn't have that like true moment of growth. Like Dan alluded, mm-hmm. how she was close to it, but she didn't have that moment of growth. Whereas May, Ty Lee, and Zuko all pour their hearts out and grow a little bit. And I really, yeah, I love this episode. I think it's just the slice of life's nature of it. It's so different from any episode we've watched up to this mm-hmm. point. And I really yeah. love the uniqueness of it. So yeah, great episode. I'm going to give it a very high score in our ratings. When we yeah, well, well, let's get into that. We'll get into our episode rankings. As a reminder, every week we rank the episodes between zero and four cabbages. We take my score, Zach's score, the guest score, the listener's score. We average them all up to get the official ang in their score. Uh, so yeah, let's start ranking the episode here. Zach, you want to start us off? Yeah, I'm going to give this episode a 3.8 out of 4. I know I'm usually pretty high on these episodes. I give them high scores all the time. But yeah, 3.8 is where I'm landed on here. Okay, yeah, a respectable score there. Uh, Sarah, you want to go next? Yeah, my score is actually also 3.8. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's one of my top two episodes in the entire series. The only knock that I give it is that I really think it would be better if we didn't have like all of the um, gang the combustion man interstitials like it kind of breaks the pacing for me and I see like why they did it obviously because like that's the the show is about the gang mm-hmm. um, but I think like had that not been there this would have been four out of four for me yeah yeah I, I actually really agree with that like they could have done something like Zuko alone where they just like they're like great we'll pick up with Avatar next week yeah like, this is a Zuko episode uh, yeah I agree uh, Dan where are you on the episode um I I really like the ending of the episode. Like after like Zuko leaves the party, he does that walk, all the flashbacks, the beach, whatever. Um, but like 
the buildup is kind of slow. I'm more of like a, a 3.4 on this one. Wow, that's okay. low. See, yeah, I, I know. Oh, I know a lot of people really love this episode. It's it's some people's favorite, uh, like Sarah, like you just said. But it's to me like it. It's kind of too like high school movie for me. Oh, that's why I love it. Damn. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, the listeners are a bit higher uh, than you, Dan, at a three point six two. I thought it was going to be the lowest one. I'm at a three point six. Uh, so I really thought that I was going to be, you know, bringing up the caboose. But Dan is just a little bit behind us. But overall, uh, a very strong episode at a 3.64, an A episode of Avatar, uh, which, uh, yeah, I, I think I agree. Uh, Dan, like, I, I agree uh, with some of what you said. But ultimately, it's just like, it's just such a, a great episode. Uh, yeah. I love the slice of life. Uh, let's get into our battle of the battle rankings. Lots of, uh, you know, funny things we could be doing here, but we'll just stick to the real battle here between Combustion Man and Team Avatar. Um, I'll start us off. I didn't really like this. Uh, I do think it like distracted from the episode. It was cool to see the combustion fighting, but I think we get so many better examples of this, like when they're at the Air Temple later in the season. Uh, when else? Like even like in season three, uh, I believe episode seven uh, is when they get that fight in the runaway. Like I think there's a lot better fights. I'm at like a 2.2 on this fight. Uh, Zach, where are you? I'm a little higher. I'm at like a 2.8. I like when okay. he earth bends himself out of the one of the pillars and jumps out at Combustion yeah. Man and then like shoots out into the air like Astro Boy. So I enjoyed that <laughs> aspect of it. So yeah, I'll give it a 2.8 out of 4. It's like I, I'm I'm low on it, like for the reasons you guys are pointing out, how it's distracting from the um, a a side story. If it wasn't, mm-hmm. then I would probably give it even higher to give it like a three or something. Yeah, but yeah, yeah two points. Uh, Dan, where are you on the battle of the battle? I'm a little higher on this part. I give it a three. Like there's a lot of like creative like bending going on, and I feel like. Similar to the, similarly to the episode, I should have liked it more than I did. The reason I'm at three is because like this is the first time we see Combustion Man combustion bending. And I think that's really cool. Like I remember watching it for the first time and being blown away. Uh, just just something I hadn't even considered before. Yeah, that that is probably true that I'm like lower on on a rewatch than I would have been otherwise. Uh, because like it is really unique. Uh, fighting, but I think it's not even the best that we get from him. Um, but yeah, Definitely. Uh, Sarah, finish us off uh, on the yeah, rankings. I think I'm kind of like a like an average of all of that. I put it at a 2.5, and I would give mm-hmm. it for Katara's like giant wave where it meets the combustion, and like that picture is just so incredible. And like that that moment of the fight was really cool. Um, but I think overall, the fight didn't really do anything like extra for me. It was definitely mm-hmm. cool to see combustion bending. And I think besides lightning bending and tops metal bending, it's one of like the only um, di- different types of bending types that we've seen so far. And I think the, the show explores that a lot later on. Uh, and it's cool to see them kind of playing with, we have these four elements of bending, but like we can go even deeper into it and what that means. Yeah. Yeah. I, they definitely have a lot of fun in season three, uh, breaking out the different types of bending, uh, especially like, uh, season three, episode eight. Uh, quite excited to talk about that one. Uh, but that will leave this battle at a 2.63. Uh, yeah, that, that seems fair for a battle that like isn't even the focus of the episode. Uh, cool. Uh, I believe the last thing we have is our T Quartet. 
where we will talk about the four of us on this podcast. Uh, and we're going to do the four of our personalities that we had today in the past one hour, 46 minutes and 18 seconds. Uh, okay. So we were all participating. We were all here. Does anyone have uh, one that we think is clear? I think Dan's a firebender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dan's a firebender. I, I, I for knew today. that was coming. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> else. Sorry. It's okay. It's not your fault. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a fun way to end the show. I, I find it yeah. tough to slot everyone else, though. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? I, I think that Jacob is our earthbender. He was very, like, steady throughout the podcast, make, like, sometimes leading us off tangents, but always bringing us back and recapping the episode really well. <laughs> uh, I think he's definitely the the earthbender i think zach you and i could flip either way really yeah i I agree yeah um you know earthbender i think is the one i'm the least uh in like my day-to-day life so Mm -hmm. i'm glad i could break out of the box a little bit and take the earthbender on um you know i'm trying to think uh between the air and the water it's it's always hard i feel like either the airbender is always like the most obvious or it's very difficult to slide yeah uh, Dan, are you leaning one way or the other uh, between air and water for, for Zach and Sarah? Uh, Jacob, well, I'm a little firm right now because Jacob being the earthbender threw me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was going to say you were the waterbender because uh, oh. it, water is like shifting from like the defense to the offense. And I thought you were great with transitions. Mm-hmm. But um, I felt like he was on so my defense a lot. <laughs> okay. Well, and well, you're very I, okay, stubborn yeah, about I can see I am okay. stubborn about narwhals. I will stick to that. Okay. Uh, yeah. okay. But if I'm going to get on the same page with everyone else, and Jacob is the earthbender, um, I wonder if Sarah would be the airbender. I know like mm-hmm. a lot of like the airbender is like uh, the fun loving like one, but I also think like airbending, like we see with other airbenders in uh, Korra, they come at things uh, from like a different angle, uh, mm-hmm. like oh, both okay. like philosophically and also with like a little trickety trick, uh, as Top <laughs> would say. And I, I think that uh, was Sarah today. Uh, and I think yeah. Zach was the waterbender, like ebbing and flowing a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, finding the right time uh, to speak and uh, not speak and make the move. I, I, I think Sarah with her intrinsic motivation uh, is what is what makes that the airbender for me. You know, she's she's telling us all that we need to be intrinsically motivated. That's a message I'll take for the rest of the day. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, just just the day. Tomorrow, I'll forget it. Uh, but anyway, all right, there you go. The the four, the four of us on the podcast. This might have been the the silliest one that we've done. Probably I the thought we were going to do Golden Girls. Now. I've been asking for Golden Girls for, for feels like years now. I, you know, well, at most it's a year, but we can do Golden Girls. I just don't know them very well. Can, can oh, you do it I for mean, us quickly? Yeah, I can do it quick. I think the Golden right? Girls are, are pretty obvious. I think for anyone who's watched the Golden Girls, I think that Blanche is the obvious firebender. She's yeah, like Blanche very, is very story. passionate, very fiery. I think that Rose, who's Betty White's character, she's like literally called an airhead like throughout the entire series. She's like the obvious uh, airbender there. And then I think like, Dorothy and Sophia, the mother-daughter duo. I think that Sophia is probably like a little more stubborn than uh, they're both very stubborn, but I think Sophia, just like for being old, like a little older, is more stubborn. And then I think Dorothy, as the waterbender, really makes a lot of sense. Uh, she changes and grows a lot throughout the series. Also, um, yeah, they seem very obvious. So I'm glad that I was able to just knock it out quickly. But I like the I like the silliness of like the four of us, the four the four different bending types, and we had like kind of. 
two groups of four and the A and the B plot also, like four people on this podcast felt very natural and right also. Wow, the listeners yeah. are so lucky. They get two T quartets for the price yeah. of one, thanks to Sarah. Yeah, I know, a nice double feature for them. Um, but anyway. yeah, yeah. And feel free to at me if you can find me, if you have a, a difference of opinion. <laughs> yep, uh, perfect. Because uh, I, I did watch some episodes when you first suggested that, but I just did mm-hmm. not know the show well enough. Uh, yeah, And I didn't want to like look at someone else's opinion. So anyway, um, that is all we have for you this week. Next week, uh, I believe we will have a pretty special guest on. I'm quite excited. Uh, I guess I shouldn't tease it in case it doesn't happen, but uh, stay tuned. I, I'm really looking forward to it uh, if it works out next week. So uh, very exciting stuff there uh, for an amazing episode of Avatar. But uh, that's all we have for you this week. Uh, Dan, where can people keep up with the stuff that you're doing? Uh, I am at no dice Dan on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, so if you want to see what I have to say or post, that's where you can find me. Sweet. Uh, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of games, uh, like from the RHAP that you've made, uh, mm-hmm. lots of runs of, uh, of interesting shapes, uh, and words and such. So yeah, definitely a fun follow. Sarah, where can people keep up with you? Um, yeah, don't follow me on anything. Don't try to find me. Oh. Um, okay. I'm not, don't, don't do it. You could, you could catch me in the, in the patron Facebook group or, uh, for, for Rob has a podcast and the patron discord for post show recap. But, uh, yeah, my, uh, don't follow me anywhere. It's embarrassing the amount of reality TV I can soon and talk about there. Thank you. <laughs> Should we just bleep every time we say your name? So no one knows who it was. Like, what, well, like I, cha- I, changed, I changed my Twitter handle anyway. So people shouldn't oh. be able to find me from there. Oh, I, I, I was gonna say when Zach introduces you, it can be like, and we have beep on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so do not do not try to follow her, but you should try to follow Zach uh, at Zach Muhammad thirty two, uh, and you should follow me uh, at JK Redman. Uh, Zach, anything else to plug? No, I have nothing to plug. No podcast or anything coming up. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for going on this great uh, beach vacation with us. One of the five times I'll go to the beach and I only have four left. Uh, But until next time, (laughs) see you later. Bye.